0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Mother and Crone. Again, our mother is still a little bit on the ailing side. I'm hoping by this week, maybe next week, she'll be back on her feet again and we can have her back on the show. But in the meantime, I was able to um, guilt our co-host into coming back again. I'm really good at that. I'm almost like a Jewish mom here. Um, and I was told by a very famous Jewish writer, the difference between a Jewish mom and an Italian mom was the accent. So it works. Um, I was able to bring back my co, my guest co-host again. Um, Jason, hi, Corral is again joining us.
1: Hello. Welcome everybody. Hi. Uh,
0: we're going to do our tea thing. Now, when my Linda and I went shopping a while back, we were able to stop in this really cute little store in Jacksonville that had a lot of herbals. Again, I stress, when you go into store with herbals, ask them if they're medicinal or magical. There's a difference. Medicinal, they can keep on hand much longer. Mag- I mean, magical, they can keep on hand. Medicinal has to be used in a year. So we got this beautiful, um, it's third eye, and you see all these little purple, blue, whatever color's coming across to you. Those are lotus leaves, and Again, I know I said I was going to stop doing psychic teas, but even though it's November, um, you may find you need this at a family gathering at <laughs> some point in time, because it's supposed to make you feel good, too. So we're going to talk about a little bit about the lotus. And Jason, what do you know about blue lotus flowers?
1: I know it was used in Egypt. They used it for, um, for festivals. They used it to, as, to help. Uh, hence, they were uh, had a mild hallucinogenic traits in larger doses than most teas you would brew. Um,
0: Again, uh, the contraindications are if you're pregnant, nursing, or have any health problems. Please talk to your doctor before you do any of this craziness. Um, it has a mild psycho effect and I say psycho because you don't know which way you're going to go on this um the psychoactive effects are basically um if you take enough of it like if I sat here and picked all the little blue lotus leaves out which I may do later and boil them um it can it causes a psychoactive effect that means that it gives you a feeling of joy and that's why I'm saying you might need it over the holidays when you're everybody's crashing at your house and you need to have a little joy in your life. Rather than hitting the 175 proof alcohol on your shelf, you might just want to grab and make a, a calming tea. Um,
1: it has uh, for health benefits, it's an antioxidant.
0: There you go. Um, I would caution you, it does have a little quality to make you sleepy or make you a little bit. um, Not
1: hopper heavy mercenary while while taking this tea.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it can make you feel a little drowsy or a little, you know, tired, but it's not as it's, you know, like, honestly, if you're going to drink a glass or two or three of wine, you might really want to consider brewing the tea. Um it helps when you sleep to kind of calm you down because that's where you get your joy from. It gives you that your fiic you know, like, oh yes, I feel better now kind of thing. um it's supposed to be great for menstrual problems, but um, I guess because of the fact that it also has the um where it's calming and soothing it. Whenever you take anything that's calming and soothing, it just soothes all of your muscles. It's not specific.
1: Uh, It can have, with the calming, you know, can help with men's issues as well. Because of the calming effect, it could just relax you and help with some male problems that can arise from stress.
0: Well, it also is good for lucid dreaming now if you're wanting to do um and everybody loves the lucid dreaming um if you're wanting to do that this might be a way to do it you know don't use a lot make your tea you're going to have to now this is an adjustment each time you make it you need to keep count of what you did and and write it down so that you know the effect that you're getting um the lucid dreaming is pretty awesome if you can do it um it, it, they claim that, and I'm reading here, it says brood uh, the tea, um, use the blue lotus to attain lucid dreams. Um, they claim that you can, it's preferred to use the blue lotus tea bag. So I guess you can find it in tea. I have it in loose tea. This also has mugwort in it, which just adds to the effect. We'll be lucid dreaming before the night's over. Um, it's also believe it or not an aphrodisiac and you were just saying that it helps with uh yeah it's an aphrodisiac so um hey in ancient Egypt they used it before their sex ceremony so you know maybe you have a night where you really need to release this might be a good idea Um, I don't know again I'm going to tell you do not do it in large quantities Everybody says it's natural, it's an herb, yeah, but, you know, even snake is an herb.
1: keep track of what you're doing and how, you know.
0: And like with anything, some people can get drunk off one glass of wine. You've seen it. You go out to, uh, you have, especially around the holidays, you have the holiday gathering, the one person, she drinks half a glass of wine and she's shot.
2: Mm-hmm. She's drunk on the couch.
0: Yeah, she's, right, she's the one that's passed out on the couch and you're like on your third bottle and you're like, what? everybody's body's different so i always recommend whenever you're doing herbals and you're making your teas keep meticulous notes only because if you want to go back to that effect you have it written down right so you can get almost the same effect again um again i i caution 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 you when you get your your herbs make sure that your local store knows you're going to take them internally and not use them for magic so it they understand what you're looking for again make sure that you don't have any conditions that need to be contraindicated for what you're taking and just keep really good notes because 10 years from now someone's going to ask you the best Psychic tea that you know of, and you're going to be able to go to your book and say, "This is how you do." This it. is the
1: one I got. This is, the, uh, what I yeah. this is the what I used.
0: Yeah, this is what I used. This also has yarrow in it. Um, you can see some of the yellow tops. I mean, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. Um, again, it's one of those teas where you got to add, for me, you know, two honey. or three gallons of honey to honey, it.
1: Honey, honey, lots
0: of honey. And it, if you're really bad, then you put the white sugar in there. But don't don't tell anybody I said that. sometimes the honey just don't cut it
1: well i mean all those things that you said they could also be used in incense you can make an incense out of it and get the effects that way as well
0: that's true too and you can breathe that in now i have never Burned mugwort and smoked it or breathed it in. I have breathing issues, so I've never done that. But I understand that the mugwort actually works better in one of those um, water pipes.
1: Oh, I was gonna say hookahs, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, we um, I, I have done mugwort and mints to help cut down with the harsh flavor of the mugwort, and it was very. I had very lucid dreamings that dreams that night it was really really nice really intense but really nice
0: well i guess you could probably do that with the lotus flower as well i'm I'm sure Sure. you can
1: too i mean they they say you can smoke it vape it or
0: so So that's another way to take it but um it's interesting that um this is very very old obviously if the ancient egyptians were using it Um, we're finding out now most of the stuff they use really did do what they said it did which is amazing because medical science is only catching up how many years later
1: yes
0: we won't even go there but um it is a nice tea Um, again i like it a little bit sweeter i have a sweet tooth i'll be the first one to say that so this has a lot of good stuff in it if you're getting a blend like this third eye you want to write down exactly what is in your blend Um, only because when you go to do something with it, when you get blends, it has a lot of stuff in it. You might find out that you have hay fever and you're ingesting goldenrod, which Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you can cause a really bad effect on you. So I'm very cautious. Normally if I'm doing a tea, it's a one spice, one herb tea only because then I know what it is, unless I know what I'm mixing together. Like... I know what cloves and cinnamon do to me. If I put well, them together like, in the tea, I'm good.
1: Well, we talked about uh, Yaru, it, because it can cause hay fever. I mean, it has that reaction. So. Yeah,
0: it, it's in that goldenrod family. So if you're already hay fevered and you take that in, just hope you have an EpiPen close by. Um, because it can send you that far over. So make sure if you get a blend.
1: It could send, send you an athletic shock. I mean, just, you know
0: because you're taking like it that. directly into your system rather yeah. than just inhaling it and having it stop here um i went with into all your it.
1: sinuses with your natural defense mechanism
0: right everything is here is to stop it from getting into your whole body so yeah. you sniff it you sneeze you cough you your eyes water if you ingest it it can actually triple the effects so you can get to where your throat closes up. You can have breathing problems and all like that. So, again, it's another caution. I hear this all the time, but it's natural. And I keep going back to arsenic is natural. You can find it in pitch. You take peaches, pop open that.
1: You can thick. find it in cherry seeds, apple seeds. Yep. There, There is a mold. There's and, arsenic in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one reason the wise tail not eating the apple seeds.
0: And if you take a peach pit and open it, the little seed that's inside of the big, big pit um, is actually arsenic. Eat four or five of those and you're guaranteed a trip to the emergency room. So I just caution people because I hear all this, oh, it's natural. Yeah, death is natural, too. But, you know, we kind of don't want to go there either. So just keep an eye out on that kind of stuff. If you find you have a reaction to something, and this is why you keep, what is it? A book of shadows close by. And you write this stuff down because if you have a reaction to it and note it and you see the ingredients, maybe the next time you do something else and one of the same ingredients is there, and you have the same reaction, you'll know you have an allergy to it. I have an allergy to thimerosal, which is actually a preservative that's in contact lens solution. Well, I wore contacts for years and I had to make my own saline. One year I got the flu shot. We did not know it was preserved with thimerosal because they don't always list the preservative. And guess who went into anaphylactic shock? So to this day, I cannot get a flu shot because we don't know what the preservative is when you get the flu shot. And if it is thimerosal, which is very common, I will end up at this point in my life dead, probably. So I caution everybody. Yes, it's natural. Yes, it's organic. Yes, it can kill you. I can't get any plainer than that. You know, a bee sting can put you down. So, but uh, this is really, this blend is really nice. Um, If you want to know more about this third eye blend, if you send it me in your Facebook, Facebook me, and I will give you the list of ingredients on it. No sense in going over it now because we were only talking about the blue lotus, and this is the only one I had that had the the blue lotus. And I was ready to start picking them out. And I thought, no, I'll just bring the whole thing up. Um, the other thing is when you keep your herbs, make sure that they are in a clean. I prefer glass containers so I can see if it starts to get a little fuzzy or a little misty or something goes wrong with it. I can see it, but don't keep them in a windowsill. Keep them like you know on a spice in rack a little
1: dark place same thing where you keep your right
0: and occasionally you open them you do a smell make sure nothing smells super funky in it um and just check them because you know when you go into the herb stores i'm the worst i'll say give me two ounces of that three ounces of that four and i walk out with these bags and it's like it's gonna take me 10 years to go through this stuff <laughs> you know and then the week later
1: she'll go back and get more
0: i do because it's a witch thing it's just like our empty bottles i have empty jars all over the house but um you want to mark your jars you want to mark when you got it date it so that you know when it's done being useful in the kitchen and you can move it to your magical shelf um i would definitely move this to my magical uh, shelf
1: how long should you keep one year one year okay
0: one year after that three years For magical and after three years you're going to want to get rid of it because at that point if it hasn't molded it's going to start and the fear is the mold will cause a reaction on you when you pull it out and burn it or you pull it out to use it for a spell
1: because you never know what type of mold it could be it could even it could be black mold it could be
0: right it could be something that you could be very allergic to so your best bet is one year on the shelf for any any herb even if you buy it at the local grocery store you buy your cinnamon sticks because you buy them this is the time of year you're going to start buying them or if you haven't already bought them mark on them at the end of this year they go on the magical shelf so next year when you're getting ready for october to roll around like october is when i start buying my cloves, my maize you know my good cinnamon and everything i have up granite, on the shelf
1: yes is popular too
0: Yes, and you just take that and you just put it right on your magical shelf. And then that way you never have to worry about, you know, rotating. Always put dates on everything, date everything. Um, of course, I worked in commercial kitchens where everything is dated, so I have a tendency
2: first to. In, do first in, first out.
0: And if you don't, you leave this around for a couple years and you use it, I guarantee you there's going to be an effect that you don't want. Um, some herbs get stronger, some herbs get weaker, some change and can become lethal. So rather than have that at home, it's so much easier. Just after a year, just move it off your shelf and put it into your magical shelf. You've got two more years to use it on your magical shelf. And if, if you have to do what we do, a group of us will meet up and we'll swap. Oh yeah. Do you have, because I have, and, and you that's a great way to meet a lot of witches around because you all get together and and then you can go back to your herb store at that point and order new herbs if you're ordering online i know azure green has a very large ordering please if you're ordering call them to place that order so you can make sure that they understand you want magical or medicinal so that they know what they're sending you because there is a big difference Um, And then that way you get the good stuff. Just caution, caution, caution. Um, A lot of people are now turning to herbs as the way to go. And you're hearing a lot of holistic health care going on out there. But again, I caution everybody, unless you've done it for a living or you know what you're doing, it looks easy. It's not. Just like being a doctor looks pretty easy sometimes, but I'm sure not going to want you to operate on me after 10 minutes of you reading a book on how to do it.
1: Watching a YouTube video.
0: Oh, yes. Watching. Oh, yes. Or you get your Ph.D. in Google. Um, so that's that's my caution to everybody. But I would this time of year, you may need one of these teas just to get you through the evening with your family. We, we love family gatherings. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, from now until the end of the year, this is family time. This might be the time that you, you know want to make some of those calming teas. Um, Relaxing teas, distressing teas. See a theme going on here? (laughs) We love family. Everybody's drinking teas because I'm coming. Everybody
1: loves family. Sure. In small doses.
0: In caskets. Never mind. That was not my (laughs)
1: dark humor dark humor
0: dark humor my family are the ones drinking the tea because i'm coming to visit them so this is why i get my laugh on now because they're like oh my god she's coming we've all got to drink heavily so yeah it's well a they
1: are food. from west virginia so they have the good stuff
0: they got the good stuff you know i'm i was i'm gonna tell you how surprised i was when i went back to the wine and Shine. They actually have some decent wine in West Virginia. Who knew? Yeah. I was no, I was really okay. I'm not a, a wine connoisseur. I like what I like and that's just the way it is. And I like a sweeter yeah. wine.
1: I don't I like care Moscato's
0: Moscato's. I don't care if it's a two dollar bottle that you can get at Walmart or if it's a hundred dollar bottle. If it tastes good, I like it. So I don't make excuses. But we went to the wine and shine and my cousin's dragging me over to the wine. I'm going, oh, my God, really, this is going to be so bad. And I'm like looking for the trash can to puke. And she's like, no, 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 you've got to try it. And we tried a couple and I was like, are you sure this is in West Virginia? Yeah, I was really shocked. They had some really good wine and some sweet ones.
1: We have a local vineyard over here. It's over in uh, Oakwood. It's really good. They have one of their uh, seasonal ones that they've like aged a little longer than, it's called Utopia. Ooh. It is uh, 12 proof versus what they usually, yeah.
0: Yeah, wine's usually about and, 67. And
1: you can only get it in small bottles. Mm. It's really good. I mean, you. it's one of those cordials or whatever. It's just a you know, slow sipping type of wine. It's a little Like thicker. an ice Riesling yeah it's a little thicker it's really good
2: now, see, i, mean, I, I
1: I've, I've i'm not a big wine person i like my hard liquors there, uh, I admit it that's that's my
0: there's a place for a good scotch anywhere mm-hmm. but for me to casually drink i'm not i like beer but sometimes it's oh, so some no. filling that i i get like a bloated Thing from it. I mean, I like it. I used to make my own, but it's still it's it's a big consumable. If
1: if I'm going to to drink, I I like I like hard ciders. I mean, that that is one of my favorites to drink. Hard ciders. Like I said, I like my I like a good Scotch.
0: When I come home and I hit the Scotch or 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 a brandy
1: or a good brandy, yes, or a cognac
0: and i'm the more bourbon,
1: uh, i i i won't you know oh, bur- in a good
2: bourbon. the biggest difference between rocks. bourbon
0: and scotch drinkers um i'm scotch my late husband was bourbon and we were out one night at a dance and he grabbed my scotch without realizing it was scotch got a mouthful of it and he's standing there with a mouthful of this like where do i spit <laughs> you know? i felt so sorry for him and i'm like just spit it back in the cup nobody will know it's mine i'll just throw it away But the poor man, he had a mouthful of it, and you could just see his eyes got big. His eyes got big. (laughs) It was like, you know, death. But he was a bourbon drinker, and I just, I can't do bourbon. Um, But I can do a nice, nice Glenlivet. Um,
1: Like I said, if if I drink a wine, it's got to be a sweet wine. I like white wine. It's got to be Moscato or something that flavors. There are a couple of reds that I do like, but...
0: Now, I like a sweet red, and you can get a nice sweet red occasionally. Okay. Then, then
1: some, like I said, I like some, but there, it's got to be one of the sweet reds.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a Moscato fan and always have been because there's so much you can do with it. If it's really hot out, you take it, you pour a little 7-Up in it, you got a nice little spritzer you yeah. know, that's cool and relaxing kind of thing. It's, a sweet wine to me goes down much easier. I've never been a port or chianti or any of that you know well
1: the only the only time i like the heavier ones if i'm cooking
0: well i occasionally get into the food but not always
1: (laughs) well port i I, i've used port in cooking i've used chardonnay in cooking um Uh, a good port makes an excellent
0: spaghetti sauce mm -hmm. or a pasta sauce. that's
1: exactly where i use it
0: and and it makes it's even good with beef because if you make a good gravy, like um, beef tips in a mm-hmm. gravy over egg noodles, use that port. It's really going to bring out the flavor of that beef, and it's just going to um, jump at you.
1: Wife, uh, I want to say it's port when she makes her uh, beef stroganoff.
0: Yes, same. it's the same principle. Yes, they, that yeah. beef and that port, just
1: oh, it, the it's,
0: marriage made in heaven yeah. there but to drink it, it, it and also
1: t- it, it helps tenderize the meat too well so yeah a, the
0: alcohol breaks down the muscle tissue yeah which is if you marinate you marinate in it then you cook in that marinade because that marinade continues now a lot of people use cooking sherry which um i've always when i went to um, the culinary school we were told if you don't drink it you ain't gonna cook with it and right. i don't know if y'all have ever tasted the cooking sherry it is
1: rot gut oh it's just gnarly
0: it is, it's like something uh, you're <laughs> your battery yeah. with, you know, on your car. Like, yeah, I'll pour that well, on the car and get the shit off the battery. And that's about as far as you want to use it. But a good I, four- Yeah, I
1: grew up with the Galloping Gourmet where he was cooking. Graham and- Kerr. Yes. He was my hero. <laughs> yes,
0: you know, take about four shots. Oh, wait a minute, I got to put some in here.
1: <laughs> here yeah. Sets but- it down. And, you he know, by the time cool. of it, you could tell he was lit.
0: <laughs> but he was enjoying the hell out of it. But a good port with beef is excellent. And if you're going to do um, like a pork or a white meat, you want to get a really nice white wine, but not a dry wine. You want to get something a little sweet to add flavor to mm-hmm. the chicken or the pork that you're cooking. You don't want anything yeah, too I've, heavy. I've
1: never added when I've done, I've done marinades, but with like herbs and rubs, but I've never used it. Well, Worcestershire, but I've never used it with the chicken. I've never okay. used it with the chicken.
0: Take your chicken, put it in in a glass dish, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: pour
0: some wine, put your herbs on it, wrap it, throw it in the oven overnight, take it out the next morning, put it on the grill and then pour, use that to pour over the chicken to keep it moist Mm -hmm. and you will have an awesome dinner. You do the same thing with beef. If you take a beef roast, you put it in the, the way I do it, I take, I have a slow cooker that comes out, gets put in, the beef gets put in, the garlic the onion the everything else Uh, that's when I do use bourbon I will use a Jack Daniels or depending on if I'm going for another flavor I might use scotch cover it let it sit overnight take it out the next morning put it in the slow cooker turn it on and go to work and when you come home it will just pull apart it is excellent and then you um, make a gravy from that
1: I've always had a large family I mean when Mm -hmm. we when we traveled Like If we would go out for adventuring, the uh, waitstaff would have always asked what we were cooking because we usually take the crockpot with us. We would cook. We would put it in when we left in the morning. So by the time we got back, we would just pull it out and dinner would be ready. Dinner is ready. Yeah, dinner is ready. So you're not spending all that money out at restaurants. You're spending usually money at the theme parks and the museums or wherever.
0: But in the same token, you're getting a good hearty fresh meal it's not that junk food that's going to hit you throw your whole metabolism off now when you're on vacation uh if you have children their metabolism is already wired because they're so excited about going it's causing cause and effect in their bellies and Mm. then they start eating a lot of mcdonald's junk food that kind of stuff then you end up with a kid with a bellyache at two o'clock in the morning
2: right
0: you do what you do they get a decent dinner. Not only are oh. they full, they sleep. Well,
1: well, the sad thing is, usually we had, you know, knock, knock, knock. Uh, do you have any leftover?
0: <laughs> that is the worst. I catered. I had my own business for 20 years. And everybody was like, I did it in Baltimore. And my main dish everybody wanted was that stupid roast beef that I did. And I say stupid because when you've made it, Four million times in one year, you don't want to look at beef ever, ever again. You know, I'm cooking for two, three, four hundred people
1: at a shot. So I've got all of this meat. You you, you don't just have one. You have like four or five (sighs) or more going at a time. And I'm
0: like, you know, and then I make the gravy from whatever I cook the meat in. I just use that and make gravy out of it. So people are like, oh, this is wonderful. And they looked at my poor late husband. Oh, she's such a good cook. And he's like, yeah, do you know how many times we've had roast beef in the last month? <laughs> I mean, it, no matter what, what it is, after you've had it enough times, it's like I'm done. I don't ever want to eat another steak or roast again. But when you cook like that, though, and you're away... I mean-
1: i i i worked at steak and shake when i was younger oh you know, the, the the smell i mean the smell of burgers and stuff like that i would bring if i worked like the day shift and for like breakfast or something i would bring my own stuff in to make omelets and whatever just to have Real something food. for me that wasn't what was on the menu
0: Back in the day when I was in college, I worked at Wendy's, and um, we would fire up the back grill, and we would cook eggs and stuff for breakfast because we didn't open till 10, but you had to be there really early to do all the prep. Uh,
1: all the setup and food. For
0: right, up. so you're there at like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, so we're scrambling eggs on the ground and my boss would come in and say what are you doing i said well your plate's over there and he was good at that point he was good he was well, like okay, the,
1: several times i had to make it uh, you know whatever i was making the usually on the day shift you would have the uh store manager there doing the paperwork and stuff like that so oh you're making omelets i i want you know yeah. I, I want this 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 in mine. thank you you know
0: Right, that was the same thing at Wendy's. We, you know, we'd send somebody out to the store, which was right down the street, you know, to buy the eggs, and we we would have breakfast. And he was like, "How do you do that?" I said, "I have a big family. I'm used to cooking breakfast for 20 people. We're good." Yeah. Um, But yeah, when you go out though, when you vacation, um, the best thing to do is to eat um, at a normal. What would be a normal dinner for you? Um, and to cook it because not only one, does it save an awful lot of money, two, you're actually getting a good meal and the kids' systems are already off because of all the excitement and the travel, but that kind of settles things down and it kind of makes it a little bit more normal for them. So that's an excellent, excellent parenting tip here. Yeah, our our children are like sitting in the background going, oh my God. (laughs) yeah my children will tell you the therapy they've been in since i was their mother Mm, and that's okay i've paid a lot of therapists houses off and things over the years it's always been a joke in our family but seriously the little things that you can do like that when you go to these pagan festivals i mean let's face it we have some awesome festivals especially now since covid's over everybody wants to go out to eat and that sounds like a really good idea First of all, deciding on a restaurant where everybody will eat the same thing is unfreaking believable. Right. And secondly, if you do have the advantage where you can cook where you're at, you can throw together something Um, as long as you don't tell anybody.
1: Park pot is a godsend. It really is. You can, you know, like I said, in the morning, throw in your. You put it in. You
0: come home. It's done.
1: Yeah, throw in your roast, your vegetables, whatever. Your as you sauce, which is. Yeah. Mine's usually Jack yeah. Daniels. Yeah, or you know, whatever. Put a lid on, set the timer, go to your adventure, come back, you have dinner, and make and sure not... you don't
0: tell anybody.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or or be, or it becomes a potluck anyway. Yes, um, and,
0: right. and, and
1: and nobody else brought anything. And I really,
0: <laughs> I've gone to a lot of these festivals where we've camped in tents, but we've had electric where we've been able to do that. Or we camp to where we can cook something slow over, you know, Mm -hmm. put coals around it kind of thing and cook it. But for me, the sense that it makes is as soon as I'm done, I can eat. Mm -hmm. I don't have to travel 20 miles and fight with everybody. Are we doing Mexican? Are we doing Italian? Are we doing McDonald's? Oh my gosh, that's enough to kill people over. And then secondly, I am getting, I know a decent meal. Yeah. Because when you go to a lot of these festivals, there's so much to do, so much to see, that you forget to eat correctly. Um, you're so excited that you
1: really, oh, I'll eat later. You're, you're, you're a kid. You're a kid. You're, same reaction. Yeah. Same thing. You, you're, you're And most of the day, you're, you've been running around. And you forgot to eat possibly breakfast, possibly lunch. You're running on a cup of coffee or a pot of coffee for something. A pot of coffee, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. real or pot of coffee, that's all you've had all day, you need to have and a good meal. Yeah.
0: Really, and you do, and you don't have Or, you'll, or you'll make
1: yourself sick. I mean, yeah. it's something like that. I mean,
0: and a lot of people, they go to these festivals, well, I need two days to rest. Well, you need two days afterwards because you've destroyed your system for the two days yeah. you were there. So eating uh, something like that, I mean, I know I really enjoy going to the festivals, but I really enjoy having my own space where I can... Have my crock pot and my little cooking going on because I can get up in the morning, eat my breakfast, make sure I've got food in my stomach when I go to these things. Because then I'm alert, I'm aware of what's going on. I can actually yeah,
1: if I, if I go to festivals that are like near hotels and things like that, I look for the one with the comp, you know complimentary breakfast and
0: <laughs> yeah, and not the grab and go breakfast.
1: Not the grab and go breakfast. <sighs> I'm talking the the have the scrambled eggs the.
0: Right. Like the Holiday Inns, yes. they have the big buffet breakfasts big, where mm-hmm. you can go in and, you know, graze a little bit. But that's really important because all of our festivals are starting to come back now um, in person. So now's the time when we've talked about our health all this time. You go to a festival and you spend three days running crazy,
1: which honestly, we do.
0: Oh, and it's, at the it, end of that, oh, you're oh, we've been
1: We've been drumming. Oh, the sun's coming up.
0: Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're sick, and let's face it, we do drink a little bit more than we probably should, or we don't eat correctly, but if you do have that advantage to wherever you're at, to have electric where you can plug in and cook the crock pot, or you do have a small kitchenette where you can make a little something so that you can have food, it makes a big difference, and That way you don't get as sick. Everybody wonders why they're so sick and tired after all these festivals. It's because you haven't eaten, you've run on fumes, you half asked whatever it was you did eat, and it was probably like a donut or, and that's the worst, grabbing a donut with a cup of coffee and then grabbing another cup of coffee and grabbing whatever instead of actually eating something. Lunch, a Coke. Yeah. And then dinner, it's like, oh, well, let's decide where we're going to go. Well, at that point, your body is going like, hello, I'm here. And I'm going to let you know how much I am here.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's what ends up with a lot of people getting sick of these things. So especially now, since we haven't done them in, what, almost two years?
1: It's almost two years, yeah.
0: So the festivals are starting again. And it's very, very exciting because we have the Parliament of World Religions coming. I know it's two years away, but in Chicago. So let's plug that as loud as we can. It's in August in Chicago in 2023. Um, That is something you're going to want to look at, especially if you're going to go up as a group, Um, get your group rates at your hotels and that kind of thing. But always make sure that there's somebody who is appointed to keep everybody on point with their food. Um, As you get older, you're going to find it's more important, especially if you have diabetics or you have people with IBS or there's a million different reasons why you do need to eat healthy when you're at these wonderful events. And I just adore them. I can't wait till we have the next big event. I'm, I'm ready. I've been ready for two years. So, and I really miss them. But now we're going to talk about a famous subject. Um, I've been doing this for over 50 years. So you always get someone to ask and I have it asked at least once every other month for me. What books do you have that, or do you think I need? Can you give me a list of books to read? I have four bookcases that are overflowing
1: with books
0: so you really don't want my list. So I. Okay. To- so
1: let's, let's break it down to simple things. What you need as, as a beginner. Yes. what, 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 what books would you recommend for a beginner?
0: For someone who is just starting out getting their feet wet, so to speak, um, I'm a Scott Cunningham kind of girl, and it's because he writes very simply, very clearly. Um, All of his books are written so that you can read them and understand them. You don't need all of this esoteric learning. Um, If you pick up, and I I really do have his book here, and this is, I'm almost embarrassed. Uh, I'm glad Scott is... He's looking on to us from the Summerland, but he knows his book's been used a lot. Um, It's a book that you can go to, that you can look at, that has a different way. Like if I need protection, I can go right to protection. If I want to look up a specific herb, I can look up that specific herb. Um, All of Scott's encyclopedia books, he has a couple out, have that ability to where you can just pick them up. And it's a reference book. Do not read this book. Please, unless you're really into reading something like the dictionary because that's basically kind of what it is it's
1: just it it lists the herbs and it lists you know what their properties are what their
0: properties are and to me a reference book is just that if someone says to me oh have you tried such and such herb like yarrow i'm going like "Uh." so you go to the book you flip through it you look you understand it and then you go on from there so i'm more of a if you're gonna start this path, you need to have some reference books that when we get together, let's face it, when we get together in a group, everybody's throwing- And talking
1: about, let's say mugwort. Well, Let, let's go with my, or old, mugwort. Oh, you know, I had this wonderful mugwort tea and you know it, and, and you're going,
0: Ah, uh, mugwort is what? What, what yeah. was that again? And if you don't know some of this stuff now, and this is the great thing with what Scott did, um, Bless his heart. He really knew what he was talking about. He lists the other names of certain herbs that we use. Um, And some of them, I've never heard the other names before. So I look at them and go, "Really, they called it that? But some of them I have heard. Um, Mugwort. I've never heard it called felon herb or naughty man. If I heard that, I'd have used it a long time ago.
1: Okay. Naughty man. It was actually used in a lot of the earlier alchemy slash herbal text
0: right like old man or old uncle no, I, am new. I, am new. I have
1: new i have new it's actually an herb it is not you know an actual eye of
0: of a, uh, a new we're not going to chase down a lizard and pluck
1: his eye right but it is an herb
0: so and like scott lists everything pretty clearly um he tells you how to use it he gives you some some ways to use it Um, He gives you the powers the magical uses so that when someone says oh, yeah, I did mugwort You should have seen my dreams. You're gonna go. Okay, mugwort mugwort psychic powers. There you go Prophetic dreams so you kind of get an idea Um, bless his heart he knew what he was doing when he wrote these books There's three of them you can get them all together in one big book I saw which is pretty awesome or you can have the separate books I have the separate books because, as you can tell, mine are very old. They're glued together. They're
2: glued tape taped on them.
0: And- yeah, well, they get used every day. But I go with Scott because I just think that he's got the basics. And everybody talks. If you get in a group of witches, you're going to either hear about herbs. You're going to hear about crystals. And then you're going to hear about oils and brews and, you know, essential oils and all that stuff. So those are the three main topics that witches tend to get together and start talking about. Now, crystals. Cunningham writes a little book on crystals. This is, this is pretty cool because it's got uh, essential oil in it. Um, but he does a book on crystals. And it'll tell you, just like the herb books does piece by piece. So those are mine. What, if you were starting out, what was the book you would recommend?
1: Well, I, I will have to admit I'm slightly biased. I would suggest the first degree the Corellian Wicca first degree it is very in-depth it goes shows you protection how you know grounding and centering it goes through basic circle casting ritual it covers all that and different exercises to help develop your psychic eye
0: I would definitely give somebody that book if they were practicing solitaire if they were just coming in that would be a good one now see I'm more into reference books because if someone says something to me, I want to be able to look it up and, and figure out what they're talking about. So you heard my Scott. But the other big one I have is Ray Buckland, his big blue book.
1: Raymond's big blue book. Love that and, book. I used, how long's had... it been
0: out? Umpteen million years is what yeah,
1: I mean. it's, been, it's been out there a very long time.
0: Now, I will grant you, he goes a little far in some of it. I mean, if you ever look at all of it, 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 some of it is out there. But your basics are there. How to make a robe. Yes. And everybody's like, oh, well, that's simple. Well, if you don't sew, it's not as simple as you think it is. He actually has a pattern to make a robe. You can actually make an out of his book. Not that I would ever try, but he tells you how to do it. Um, That's kind of like a big dictionary to me.
1: Uh Oh. It's a lot of information. Uh another good one is hold on. I've gotta think of the name of hold on. Oh you search the name. yeah.
0: But those are these are reference books. These are books that no matter how long you've been practicing, I've been over fifty years and I grab for Scott's books on a daily basis. Um I haven't grabbed Ray in a while, but every once in a while something will come across and I'll run over and grab Ray's book and i start flipping through the pages to see what I I need to talk about. The books are, these like never go out of style. It's, you know, this is not for the solitaire or for the group. This is for everybody because everybody's going to do herbs. Even if you're not into quote unquote witchcraft or Wicca, And you just want to learn more about the herbs and and how they're used and how people used them back in the day and, you know, what they're called. Um, This is a great little book to use. And like everybody's Scott's books, we've used them to the point where, you know, they're torn, they're taped, they're, I know I got markings, I've got pages dog-eared all through it where you just go through and read them. Did you find your book? Hold on. Now, Ray Buckland, the big blue book.
1: Okay. It's Oberon Zell's Companion for the apprenticeship, Apprentice Wizard. It is full from cover to cover. It's another good reference one. It has everything you can imagine in that book.
0: Now, I will tell you, Oberon does one heck of a job of putting a book together. Yes. Um, it's the grimoire for the... Uh, Is it the grimoire
1: companion for the apprentice wizard?
0: Um, I have several of Oberon's books. I have his wizardry book and I have a couple of others. He does an excellent job of writing a book. Again, his books are kind of like Ray Buckland's where you can actually go in and look for that word and, and find what it means. Um, And that's important when you're first starting out or you're just learning this, or even if you've done it for years, people in different parts of the world and country use different words for the same thing. We might be talking about the same thing and not know it because our words aren't the same. So this is one way to grab a reference book and have it on your shelf so you can pluck it, open it up and see what they're talking about. Um, Oberon does an excellent job in all of his books. I'd give him a
1: i've never been disappointed in anything he's written
0: never and i I have a ton of his
1: his essays to his full-blown books i have never been disappointed with this writing
0: no and i'm actually a gray wizard so well he's out there because yes i did go through his school wizardry and i'm a gray. i'm a history wizard i'm a history buff so i'm a gray wizard Um, and his books are very clearly written they're written for and I don't want to say the uninitiated, but they're written so that they're understandable. And that makes a big difference.
1: There there are some out there that are very well written, but you basically have to have a degree to understand some of the words in them. Yes.
0: Or you have to be so far along in your studies that you understand the esoteric behind what they're saying so that you already have this foundation. You're just adding a layer where the books we're talking about are, are your foundation books. These are books that, you know, I, I don't know. If I had to throw a flip a coin between Oberon Zell's book and, you know, Ray Buckland's, it, it would be a tough choice. I would probably yeah. have to tell you to get both of them because they cover different material.
1: Right. I mean, but if you're wanting to understand the concept of how we believe in multiple deities, understanding mythology i mean that's uh, any book on mythology any book on norse egyptian greek roman those will help you understand how we relate to deity it shows how they relate to us i mean it tells us some of the stories
0: and it tells it in a way that you can understand it it's not like reading the iliad and the odyssey right it's, it's written, he writes the way he speaks, very clear, very basic, very understanding. Um, I've interviewed him a few times, and I really enjoy his books because his books are clear. You read it, you understand it, you can move on. Even a beginning, um, anybody who's just starting the path can really read it and understand it. And again, it's not a book you read from cover to cover. It's You, you might with the Pantheons. I know I did. Yes just cuz i enjoyed
1: that i mean um another one for if you have children that are that you want to educate rick royden's any of his books that on even actually has a book out about mythology and it te- it has the stories of the titans and you know the greeks and
0: yeah you want to spell his last name so we can at least because it's a pronunciation spelling
1: yes i probably butchered it because i'm horrible
0: it's, it depends on what part of the country you're from. I'm still learning uh, some Floridian words that have escaped me.
1: R i o r d a okay.
2: n.
0: So and that again, he writes from a very simplistic view, you know, and he gives you a basic understanding, and then he he delves a little bit deeper. But he I mean, they you, they are
1: you know fiction, but they do deal with mixing of the greek mythologies i'm they're gonna tell movies. you they're not
0: fiction. that much fiction
1: uh, okay
0: to me they're not but, but,
1: okay i mean uh, they do have a couple movies out the uh, percy jackson oh, the lightning God. thief and those some people don't like them i did like them I, I i was entertained by them they're like oh they're not based on you know they divulge off the books oh well
0: but you know he writes very he writes very well so that you understand and a lot of the books like there's a lot of sci-fi writers quote unquote who have written books on witchcraft and all who have actually stuck to it and researched it and you get a real understanding of what they're talking about he happens to be one of them
1: all right the house of night series is another uh it's PC cast and oh god um.
0: and again it's they're well written I mean I don't care how much information a book has in it if you can't understand it or you're not going to read it it doesn't do any good you need a book that you can understand that makes sense you know that that comes down to your level and not necessarily below your level but so that you can build on what they're talking about
1: PC Cast and Christian Cast there was mother and daughter they both wrote wrote the series it's really good it deals with vampires and, and witchcraft and rituals and things like that it's really done very well it, I enjoyed the read I read the complete series it does it is for um, older teens to adults cuz there are Sexual themes in there and unique relationships. I mean, but now, it deals with.
0: You have to remember too. We're talking to adults.
2: Yeah. Yes. If but you I mean, have just... children, yeah, and,
0: and you're raising witches, um, there's a book out actually called "Raising Witches." Um, and it it is. I I was like, gosh, I wish this book was out when my oldest was young because it was so difficult um this book I don't want to say dumb dumb down but it does it dumbs it down to where you can explain it to it because you know when you're explaining something to a small child at five years old well, mommy, you, to truly understand something
1: uh, to truly understand something you need to explain it to a five-year-old until they get it you don't really truly know what you're talking about
0: right and like a little five-year-old mommy where does babies come from now you you're going to bring it to their level yeah. If you're starting witchcraft for a, you know you as an adult you really need that level because yeah. that's that's where it's at I mean this is not rocket science by any stretch no um, and you need something basic and, you know and for...
1: there uh, another thing you know what what tools do I need it's one of the questions I get asked a lot you and know I, I i went out and I bought this beautiful crystal athame.
0: Yeah, and I paid four hundred dollars for it. And it's yeah. like oh, what I could do with four hundred dollars.
1: like, okay, I, that is nice. It looks beautiful, you but
0: Yeah, um
1: This is all you need.
0: Seriously, you can't I life. we used to okay. do um I would take my group and we would go to the dollar store and pick out our chalices because then we'd go back and I had acid, we would acid etch them and turn them into ours or paint them. To do the wands we'd go out into the woods and we'd find the trees that had fallen and cut the the thing off, come back and glue on all the stuff that we wanted on it. Um, I do witchcraft on a budget only because it's all I've been able to
1: do. I mean, like, um, my first tools were stuff, uh, I made a, I took an ashtray, painted a pentagram on it with nail polish. That was my.
0: That was your first. I mean, yeah. and people laugh Um when I did my little on the road show for Mabon and I was out in the parking lot. What you guys saw, that little altar was something I made like 30 years ago. And it's just, it was an old corner table we cut the legs off of it cut it down i painted a pentacle on it but of course i had to put the triple goddess on it because that's just me and i used that for my altar for years and that was my teaching altar mm-hmm. um and it's because it already you got to have something with a pentacle on it what well, was already painted on there so i was good to go um you i mean when well, you're I mean, first starting if, out
1: i mean and if you really want to get you know to have a pentacle on your thing Cut an apple in half.
0: There you go. There you go. You've got the pentacle. I do it on a budget. I've always done witchcraft on a budget. Um, when I teach it, I teach it on a budget. But there are some things that you do need. If you're going to invest, don't invest in the tools. Because the ritual tools are better if you make them yourself anyway. Yes, the, the only That thing, way you have
1: your personal connection with them.
0: Right. And the only thing I, I seriously have never made is an athame because I don't trust myself to not kill myself doing it so i will buy half the may
1: i didn't um during the COVID shutdown uh we were doing inventory um my boss had a smelter so he wanted to try something we did bronze so (sighs) i had i have this bronze dagger type thing that i made that we We took a piece of wood, took a router, made a general shape of a knife. I would not recommend doing that. I I would recommend using sandcast if you're going to do this. I learned that the hard way. Anyway, (laughs) but it was, we were just.
0: So if I come creeping in your house one night, you know what I'm going for, right? (laughs) But I tell people all the time, don't. If, you're, if you've if you got money and it's burning a hole in your pocket and you want to spend it, I would suggest investing in some books. Only books? because... I mean... Books and maybe... Uh, yeah, herbs.
1: I mean... Herbs. Herbs. I mean...
0: You can... Sometimes you can forage your own or grow your own. If you, you want for, to do you that... You
1: can, but I mean... To, I mean, there are some nice blends out there for teas and things like that that it would, is better yeah. to get them from a place that is for... I mean, that does
0: make them for real, but it, I would not spend my money on your ritual tools because trust me over the years, you're going to find you like the ones you make better anyway, because they work better. But like for books, the reason I say books is you need some reference books on your shelf. The the last one I recommend, and I've been recommending this book since it was written only because it identifies the law. It's called pagans in the law. You are, once you become part of a tradition that has a 501c3, you are considered just the same as a Roman Catholic. You have the mm-hmm. same rights. If there's a holiday that you need to pull your kid out of school for, if you're practicing Wiccan or witch, you can do that.
1: As I mean, long actually have to be connected with the 501c3 to do this. I mean, it is good to have that support. Yes,
0: it is good to have it. You don't have to be, but you have to prove that that is your path. And it's just like anybody else. You can't take the Jewish holidays and the Catholic holidays. Let's be honest. But the pagans in the law goes through a lot of um, explanations about what, what are the rules? Because let's face it, since we just really got established in 1974 with the witches council of america and got you know the 501 c3s behind us to say yes we're legitimate we are what we are um that's not that long ago gosh my oldest was um a toddler at that time yeah so yes you can take your children out for certain holidays yes you there are certain things they can wear the pentacle to school Um, You can wear your pencil to work if someone's wearing their cross. Little things like that that you might not have known or that, um, if you're not out of the broom closet yet and you're not sure how do I come out or can I or what can I say.
1: And also, I mean, not just your children, your employer.
0: Yes, and this book goes into an employer, what your employer. Now, if you work for a state, most states won't allow you to have crucifixes or, or any religious object on right. your desk because of separation of church and state. That's cool. But if they do allow it, if they've got a little, you know, nativity scene at Christmas, you can have your little Yule, yule log sitting over in the corner too. Mm-hmm. They can't stop that.
1: Which can be Catholic as well.
0: Yes, it's true. The, the Yule log can be passed off on many things. But yeah. you have to understand what are your rights? Because that's gotten us into trouble many times when people don't understand what their rights are. With your rights come responsibilities, what you,
1: you have to provide. Okay. If you, oh, I'm this and I have to go to this, this festival for for ritual, you need to continue that. You don't just do it for the summer and don't do it, you should do it right. for all, all, all the, you know.
0: If your rituals like ours start at 9 o'clock, we usually end by 10-ish. That means you can get to bed and get up for work at 6 o'clock and not have a big issue. Um, There are traditions who don't start their stuff till midnight. Right. Because, especially on the big Sabbaths.
1: Well, it's specific time, specific movement of the planets. and They have to have alignment when they perform the rituals. That's just how they do it. Where we're... Some of us are very flexible, others are very not.
0: Right. And if you're not, then you have to be for every ritual and you have to allow your boss to know this. So you may have to go in, I do accounting for small companies, so I'm also HR. You come in with a list of dates you need off for your holidays. I don't have a problem. I mark them on my calendar as long as it's legitimate. But you can't come in and tell me you're Jewish one day and then want Easter off the next day. Because we're going to have a problem. I mean,
1: and then you have your company also might have holiday, I mean, holidays, too, which, you know, you might get Easter off anyway.
0: Right. So you (laughs) have to work. And now I worked for the Baltimore Jewish Times and he actually gave us Christmas off if it fell during the week. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I was prepared to work Christmas because it's. I take off Yule, but um, no, he was uh, very like, no, we're, we're shutting down for Christmas. Even though some of us don't celebrate, some of us do. He says, we're just going to close on Christmas. So that was very sweet. We got that day off, but you have to know the law, but you have to be committed. And I'm saying that only because you don't want to say, well, for these three holidays, I need off. We have eight major Sabbaths. So you need off for all eight. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to write them down give them to your now and this is the other thing i really have a problem with i do hr and i love it when you come in at the day before and say i need tomorrow off i'm going like ain't happening even if i can give it to you i'm not going to just because you waited till today to tell me now if you come in my office and you're pagan and say you need those days off you better give me the whole list from the beginning of the year because i know what days you need off <laughs> uh i'm way ahead of that game um i had someone who was pagan uh did not realize i was and i don't know how they missed it but they did and they came in well,
1: you were probably wearing your long sleeve shirt i was
0: probably wearing long sleeves and they came in and said i need this 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 and i said well what about the rest of the holidays and they, they looked at me and went what are you talking about i said there's eight of them honey and i know them all and she went oh
1: and I went, yeah. I mean, at least give them a week's notice. I mean. We require I mean,
0: two weeks normally, you know, unless it's an emergency.
1: But. Well, I mean, sometimes, well, with what has been going on. Haven't been able to not, meet. Yeah. Yeah. You might not be able to meet. Or, uh, oh, we're, we're not going to do ritual. We're not going to do ritual. We're not getting together. Okay. We've all got vaccinated. We can't. We, you know, we'll do mask and whatever you need to protect yourself. Oh, it, it's only, you've only now decided it's Monday and you want to do it on Friday. Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: You know, if you let your people know ahead of time. Yeah. I mean, give,
1: give them some.
0: Right. And it's any religion. If you're Muslim and you come in and you have your days off, you need to pray five times a day. I legally have to allow you to do that. And I have to give you an area to do it in because that is your faith. But don't come in and tell me I'm only doing it three times a day because my knees hurt um you know if you're gonna walk the walk you got to talk the talk if you come in and say i'm a practicing witch or wiccan however you want to explain yourself i usually just say pagan it covers the whole thing and i'm like these are my holidays now i'm one of those i don't take off for my holidays if unless i'm doing something super super special at Samhain i will go into work afterwards um and most of your bosses if you if you're upfront with them, and I know you don't have to discuss this, but you say, I have eight holidays a year. There's only one that I really, really need off for because it starts a little bit differently than others. Now, if you look at a, um, a Christian calendar, the only big, big holiday that falls that you would need off for would be Christmas because it falls differently every year. Well, I mean,
1: if you're Catholic, I mean, Ash Wednesday is another
0: and that falls on a Wednesday every year. Yeah, so you're kind of, you know, that one. But, right,
1: but I mean, but you still need to let them know. I mean, it's,
0: it's just a matter of saying, and you don't have to be like really, you just walk in and say, look, I need this day off. It's a religious holiday for me. Most of the time HR is not even going to ask because they really don't care. They're just looking at their schedule to see if they can give you that day off in case, you know, there's a conflict of interest. Um, if they do question it, this book helps you to explain it so that you're not screaming at the top of your lungs, going into a ritual, you know. Just be very cool about it. I mean, if you're working, I work for a Jewish company, the Jewish Times, so I didn't expect to have any Christian holidays off. Bank holidays, yeah, but not Christian holidays. And when he closed for Christmas, I was like, whoa, you know, really? Um, and that's that was cool. I mean, we got an extra day but off.
1: But it's also respectful form you know they're acknowledging other faith i mean other practices and other faiths i mean it's just because they're jewish doesn't mean all their employees were yeah
0: i was the only one that wasn't so that was the joke i was the only boy um but um i mean like they had the feast of esther which was great because all we did was eat sweets i must have gained 40 pounds working there but by the same token this book gives you a little bit of background it also gives you information and you can actually um, email the author and ask questions and he will help you in what state you're in every state has different laws uh, I'm learning I moved from Maryland to Florida and I moved to a, an entirely different dimension and universe when I moved to Florida so things down different, here are
1: different different laws Just different, you know, but... man
0: way different but most employers understand that if you are practicing, and I mean that sincerely, if you truly are practicing, I have seen so many, what can I say? You get your holiday Catholics, you get your holiday Jews, you get your holiday witches. Yeah. And in that instance, if you're not practicing, it's easy to figure out. And if you're faking it, you're gonna get caught. Yeah so I mean, but if you're legit and like for salad, Samhain... the,
1: the only time i really had an issue at one of my former employers was when i was working second shift
0: oh that's a tough shift
1: it's a tough shift but it oh well, I, I i've always been a second shift type person so you know that worked right for my sleep schedule anyway but when i was going to rituals and things like that or putting on rituals scheduling and things like that. I'm like, here's my list. This is, they were cool. They were absolutely cool. And, but I would actually basically plan the whole year worth of rituals that I was performing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And
0: I'm going to tell you up front, if you claim that you are pagan and your boss, if you have, especially retail, and I'm, I'm throwing this out for those that work retail and you say, well, I'm off for these, you know, our eight holidays and, you know, whenever full moon is, and then your boss says, well, then you're going to have to work Easter or work the uh, yeah, honey, you're not yeah. Christian. Your butt's working that day. So keep that in mind that when you claim what your religious preference is, you got to say, yeah. you gotta be ready to work the days that are not your holidays. And that's what I was so shocked about my boss. I was ready to work, you know, eat, christmas because i don't celebrate and he's like oh no we give you that off too so we were off certain jewish holidays we were off certain christian holidays and he told me i could take what holidays i needed off so i was you know it was nice not everybody's going to be that understanding especially retail retail is not and you
1: you're going to there are some hrs that are not so nice they They, they will try to get you to work no matter what faith you are. Or bosses. I've been called at home. Oh, I need for you to come in. Uh, no, I'm doing this. But you're, I'm doing this. And you're, you're going to have to face the consequences. There, I mean, it's...
0: And I'm going to tell you, pulling your kids out of school for certain holidays, you have to make sure... That the teachers understand it is a holiday. You may have to go in and explain it. So be prepared. Um, Especially if it's going to be an excused absence, they have to understand why am I giving this child an excused absence on Halloween. Come on, every kid wants off the day after Halloween. If you explain it and you can prove you're practicing, and that's the big part, then they have to let you off. They cannot. So you have to to decide. It's like picking your battles, you know. We've won the war, but there's still battles ahead of us. Um, I
1: I mean, there are, I can't say ignorant people, uneducated on, that they were raised this way. That's all they know. I mean, they've never expanded their religious minds to other faiths. And...
0: And that's when you've got to, you've got to be able to explain your faith. Yeah. And it kind of puts you to the test.
1: Truly understanding your faith and being able to explain it to a five-year-old.
0: Exactly. And now how to do that. Some of the books I keep on my shelf, people, I've, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe the the questions I've been asked. I have a Catholic Bible, which is the New American Bible. There's only one Catholic Bible. One. That's it. They make life easy. One, I also have a King James Version. And the reason King James is because that is the basic version. It's not the Living Bible, the Women's Bible, the Men's Bible, the Children's Bible, the Blue Bible, the Green Bible, whatever Bible. Protestants have have a whole slew. I have a King James. It's easier for me to go to. Um, I have a Torah and a Talmud, and I have a, a Quran. The reason I have these books, those are, again, reference books. I grew up Catholic, so I know the, the New American Bible inside and out, upside and down. It has seven more books in the Protestant Bible. It has uh, a little bit more in it. It has the Pope's listed at the back, all the good stuff. Um, if you're trying to explain, and this is a true story. When I worked at the Jewish Times, it was at the time, it was in the 90s, when the Jews were having talks with the Catholics about all the bad blood. So at in Baltimore we had Cardinal Bishop William Keeler. Um, and we had one of the great rabbis in Baltimore. And our writer Arthur Magida was doing articles with Cardinal Keeler. Now, I had been practicing paganism quite a number of years at this point, but still Growing up Catholic, there's certain things you never outgrow. No. Seeing a man in a collar is something you don't outgrow. Passing a telephone booth is something you don't outgrow. It's the same size as a confessional. So, um, you know, he's having all these talks with Cardinal Keeler. Well, Cardinal Keeler um, had a really, I don't know if it's a bad habit, but he had very much a habit of saying, oh, well, just like in John 2, 24, and that's the New Testament now remember the Jewish Bible is the five first five books of the Old Testament the five books of Moses so he's going New Testament really so being the only non Jew in the building he called up to me and said what is this John whatever and I'm like give me a little bit more to go on and I literally was bringing my Catholic Bible into work so I could help Arthur understand what Cardinal Keeler was saying to him. Because he would reference the New Testament. I'd open it up. I went to Catholic school. Boy, I can pop that answer out in no time. I, I had the Baltimore Catechism behind me. I, You know, that's what we learned. So I would open it up. i look. i go, oh, yeah, this is about da-da-da-da-da. So I actually became, and he actually thanked me in, at the end of the article. He put in there a little note saying thank you. For all the help, because I was able to translate what was being said. That being said, when you meet with somebody who had a background in Catholicism, it's a whole lot easier to talk to them if you know a little bit about it.
1: I mean, as I'm the, besides being the co host, I'm also the first director. My part of my job is to meet with other faiths as well, and to, it is good to reference. To speak their language where we say a spell they say a prayer i mean that's simple when oh you're doing spells i'm doing a prayer this is what i'm doing to explain it this is way i pray is by doing this
0: rhyme so we can remember
1: <laughs> yeah that that too <laughs> But you know, just simple way to understand where they're coming from, their language. Every faith has their own language. It and, very
0: much does. And what they, what they truly believe in, um, okay. like the Lutherans, are yeah. not big into saints. No. But if you where didn't know Catholic,
1: that, right? Um, where Catholicism is, um, where. Uh, Going off into the different Protestants, everyone's just a little bit different. I mean, um, Methodists have a lot of Catholicism, Lutheran. It's very, it's, I should say, Orthodox Methodists, I, I guess. Yes, the,
0: the Orthodox. Uh, United Methodists.
1: United Methodists, thank you. I, it's very, you see the ropes, you see the ritual aspects of it. Um, where there's some Methodist churches are very laid back, t shirts, you know. Because
0: they're not united, they're just Methodist. Yes. Um, um,
1: speaking in tongues.
0: Pentecostal.
1: Pentecostal. You know, where that is an active practice.
0: Very where, active. And if you've never seen it, it can be quite frightening.
1: Yeah. I mean, they believe in the spirits of the gift. Uh, that when. The Holy Spirit came to the apostles. They gave them spiritual gifts. One of them is speaking in tongues. One of the others is interpreting speaking in the tongues.
0: Your ears must be blessed in order for you to understand what's being said. And every dogma, dogma are the man-made roles of that religion. And the dogma tells you Catholicism. You can't have meat on Fridays during Lent. Back in the day, you couldn't have meat on any Friday. Right. But the dogma changes. And when you're speaking to someone, it was fascinating. My first Jewish witch that I spoke with um, many, many years ago, um, I used to tease her horrendously. Um, I actually started learning parts of the Torah because she was teaching me. And she was saying, Look, this is just like our the spell we did and she would I would read this part of the Torah and I'm going I'm like, Oh my god, it's on this word her word.
1: Okay. And then you also have to deal with language. The Jewish Bible is considered a living language. I mean it's written in it where you read this one line one time, it can mean something completely different the next time you read it.
0: Well also Hebrew does not have um vowels. Out.
1: Vowels, that's it, sorry. Yeah,
0: so you're reading H and T. Hat, hot, hit.
1: Right, but like I said, it is considered a living, or Hebrew language is considered a living language, where it's constantly evolving. And like I said, you could read this one scripture one time, it means this, you read it again, it can mean something completely different. When you they translate it into...
0: Modern language? Hebrew, what they call.
1: Yeah, modern Hebrew. It has lost some, it's, and then translating it into other languages english is a very this is what it says
0: yeah and english let me tell you sucks the biggest waiting <laughs> it is the hardest language to speak it is also the slowest language spoken on the earth and it's one of the few languages that has every other language in it yes half our words aren't even in english or american Mm-mm. They're French, they're Italian, they're Greek. They're,
1: they're based on Latin words or... Or, or words we don't
0: even know. Yeah, I mean, some of them, from.
1: I mean, Shakespeare made up several. Um.
0: Yes, and it's amazing because when you're talking to somebody and you're trying to talk faith to faith, like, fortunately for me, this young Jewish witch was educating me as I was educating her. I was learning more about... Judaism and she was learning more about witchcraft from me because I was actually her instructor But I was learning all the time and she says, you know, you really need to grab a Torah So I literally went out and bought a Torah and then she says now you need to buy a Talmud and I'm like Duh. And that's the rules that like, that carries 163 different rules that they have to follow now
2: See, That is then, important then, You know
1: the difference between being jewish and being a gentile gentiles oh yeah i mean jewish faith has to follow by all those rules how uh how many do we uh, does a gentile have to follow i can't it's a lot less it's not it's yeah well i mean still i mean if you're following their holidays and things like but you're not of that faith but you still go to temple and everything but there's like i want to say 10 but that's not true i i it's, it's close world. to that i think it's like a yeah. dozen
2: yeah it's the biggest thing is
0: if you ever went to eat you always wondered why the orthodox jews eat by themselves it's because when they sit down to eat they have a glass of water and they have salt they bless and that table is no longer a table it becomes an altar Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you can't eat at their altar because you are not of their faith so it's not that they can't eat with you it's it's an altar they're celebrating breaking bread together so it was these little things that I didn't understand. Like, why am I putting salt and water on the table? Because we're gonna bless the table. Really, we do that? In witch- yeah, we do that in witchcraft too. Watch how we do it in Judaism. <laughs> and she did the same thing I did. you put the salt and water, you okay. Whoa, yeah. let's take a step back. That was a little too scary for me.
1: But you will learning- see when you break everything down, the commonalities simply like that they're
0: all the same yes and i mean it is is
1: the same thing just spoken with a different language
0: right and once you understand and you're talking to somebody that's why i find having all these bibles and religious books i didn't have a book of mormon because i understand now that they wear special robes they wear special clothing Mm -hmm. well we wear our robes aren't they special it's the same thing yeah. So rather than make that a difference, we make that a commonality and say, oh yeah, we have the same thing. We wear ours outside, you wear yours inside. So if you can speak the same sort of language yeah. and you understand things, and two, having these books as references because sometimes you'll be talking to someone and they will reference a Bible statement. Okay, or- I mean, you
1: as... um, Now, I'm... I'm Jason Mycroft, but I'm also a reverend. Um, you know, not just, you know, co-host here. I, you know, I have other. Um, some people come to you with a crisis of faith, regardless of what faith they are. And like I said, it's a good reference material to understand where they're coming from. I mean, um, it, it's good to just listen to what they're saying, but it also to give some feedback and help them on their path. It might not be the path you're on, but it's on their, you know, like and I said, everybody I has to crosses of faith.
0: Don't just, not just the religious books, get a book of Jewidry,
2: Mm-hmm.
0: ADF, and the other. Yeah. Because they're different. And yes. we used to do that. I was fortunate in Baltimore. We had Cedar Light Grove. They were ADF. And if they got somebody who was more witchy than druid, they would give me a call and say, we think this guy would do better with you. Or I would give them a call and say, hey, I got someone I know, I'll bet you odds he's a druid. And I would send him there. It was a matter of finding that person's spiritual path, no matter what it is or
1: where it is. We're all on this road. It just might...
0: And if you can help somebody, no matter what path they're on give them maybe an understanding that, you know, we're not running around eating babies for dinner, you know, or if you say to them, you would do much better as a druid. And you hand them over and a couple years down the road, they come back and say, you were the only person that saw that. Thank you. You put me on the right path. That is all the justification you need. But having these books, these kind of, books here are really good because you have a resource to work with. Scott Cunningham is not writing any more books unless he writes them from the Summerland or ghost writes a few books, then he's not telling us. Um, those books are going to pretty much stay the same. Um, the same with Ray Bucklin. Oberon is writing new books, so we don't have to worry about him rewriting any old books. But by the same token, some of these books are reference materials, just like you would have a dictionary at home or a Bible at home as a reference. These books are going to help you. And everybody always asks, you know, do I have to spend a fortune in books? No, you don't. First of all, check your local used bookstores. Many times you can find a lot of these books on their shelves for very little um my go-to is abebooks.com abe like abelincoln books.com you can usually find a lot of these books really cheap for a buck or two shipping is two bucks you get a book for three dollars i don't know where you can do that at Mm -hmm. um look at libraries libraries get rid of a lot of their books after they've been on the shelf for so long if they've got little tears
1: that's where i picked up a lot of my older robology books
0: uh, the library public libraries yes, I mean, yeah, yeah they
1: yeah, you know big
0: the Spunk big coffee cable. table books that you always wanted that don't have 150 dollars for yeah see public I libraries
1: mean, like i said they had the you know they had the pictures and everything they, they are the older ones but you know they still have the pictures and the latin names and
0: it's still a great reference yes. book and i rather than buy the books new i mean seriously every once in a while you're going to want to treat yourself but to get your basic books in, you don't have to have a million dollars. To, uh, And I hear that from a lot of new witches. Oh, I just dropped, you know, $400 on this. And I'm like, I'm having a heart attack. $400, honey, I can get you a whole new house. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, drop a couple dollars on books. Never buy them new because if you're not going to, especially if you're just starting out. If you, you buy them, you'll
1: also a lot of times see written notes in the margins.
0: Handwritten notes. But... <laughs> The thing is, if you're not going to stay on the path, why drop $400 on books for two months and then you decide you're not going to stay? True story. Um, don't spend a lot of money. Start small. Uh, get books, use bookstores, I mean, libraries, um, Online people, some people actually put libraries up for sale. I know, um, I live, of course, where old people die all the time in Florida, so you'll see a lot of people say, You know, my mother has a bookload, everybody come here and bring their trucks to load these books out. Um, you can get books there. The public libraries put books on sale all the time, and they put them on sale for pennies on the dollar.
2: Oh, yeah, you use oh, my, my favorite,
1: usually the last day here, have a bag, fill it up, and it'll. 10 cents.
0: Yeah. And I'm saying that's, that's the time when you go in and and you make a list and you go in with that list, you'd be single minded. Those are the books you need. Don't spend a fortune. I have so many new witches who have gone broke and they're like, you know, first of all, you have to remember I've been 50 years collecting this crap. So I've got 50 years of crap I've collected. Um, No, I don't go out. I don't buy a lot of new things very often i buy things that are going to last um everybody says about the altar because i do virtual circle plug um my little candle holders because i use the chime candles um i bought those years ago they're metal they're not going to break they've got the little pentacle on them so if i'm somewhere and i don't
1: have the pentacle
0: okay all my candles have one your,
1: your your altar that you used you repurposed it it was a
0: it was a secretary? An old secretary I bought you for repainted And
1: you yep. turned into
0: it's got so much junk on it right now, it's unbelievable. But it's it's silly little things that you don't need to spend a lot of money on. I tell everybody, hit the thrift stores, that's my favorite. You will not believe the unusual glassware. Because people are getting rid of stuff they've had for years. And maybe they have three glasses. They broke one. You only need one chalice, maybe two. So, wow, you got it made, you can get it three for a buck eighteen a piece or less, yeah. okay. Acid etching is wonderful. Now you've got the acrylic that you can paint with, so you don't even need the acid. You can just pick up the acrylic at jo when they have it on sale, in fact, they're having it on sale, just to let you know, you can get four bottles for $5. Um, you go out there and you buy another your plug, colors.
1: Another plug. Another
0: plug, I'm telling you, I don't, my son and we were will sponsored tell you. <laughs> His mother has never paid retail for anything. And he's right. I have it. I raised three kids. They went through private school. I worked four jobs. I'm not lying. I literally did. So I know how to squeeze a dollar. My biggest thing is, is you find, walk into the thrift stores and just keep thinking witchy thoughts and all of this stuff you, comes up.
1: You, you, you will be amazed at what you can find i mean if you you know you're out looking sometimes in different shops you'll come across black handled knives i mean just you know hunting knife or whatever and
0: i actually got mine believe it or not at um an old thrift store it was called village thrift where i used to live my Bolin, it's -hmm. got this really fancy handle it's not sharp at all which is apparent you know i just had to sharpen it I brought it home. I've had that thing for 25 years, and I've used the heck out of it. I use it for all my candles.
1: My athame that I've had since I've been 13, and I'm a few years older than that now. Just a few. Just a few. <laughs> I got at a yard sale.
0: That's another great place to look. Let me tell you, people have no idea what they're selling. Okay.
1: Um, bitter Wind. <gasps> she was one of the thrift shorters thrift I mean she would go to tons of yard sales she used a lot in her art I mean she would find things and oh. mix it with her art but I mean uh, Lord Dawn has a chair it's a very Chinese ornate lacquered chair she got at a yard sale she paid a whole whopping 10 bucks for this huge I mean, that, I mean it's a big ornate I Chinese, know the
0: chair you're talking about I adore that chair yes, yes. Uh, I think Bitterwin, of course.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, you'd be surprised what you can find. I mean,
0: my suggestion is, and I know it's late now, but usually right after Halloween, I'm telling you, Goodwill puts their stuff on sale, yeah. and they usually put it on sale half price, and they have a lot of new goods. Their new goods are year end buyouts, where maybe Rite Aid or whatever company didn't sell everything, so they've got you know four million of these do divers and they pick them up for pennies on the dollar and they sell them. Um, I get more compliments over my dragon athame, which I bought at Goodwill at half price the day after Halloween. Mm -hmm. So there's so many places that you can find stuff and I don't recommend buying anything full price always wait. They'll put these silly little signs like this. These are actually from thrift stores. This one, that one, this one, this one, that one. That's from a yard sale. I paid five cents for that one. So don't spend a fortune. I mean, I I hear so many stories about people going out and buying, you know, athames at $300 and um, crystals to hold their you know candles I and mean, i mean
1: if you're wanting to buy something really ornate and really for your tools look on etsy look for witch based shops buy you know from us
0: buy from the witches themselves buy from the witches, yeah. i mean yeah. if you're going to spend two dollars on a candle holder this is a metal candle holder for two bucks you're not going to break it it's metal it's pewter so it's going to be around for a while um
1: I said, if you if if you really want, and there we have incredible artists and makers and crafters and everything in in this community. I mean,
0: I was going to say, ask an older witch who's been yeah, around yeah. for a while because she can probably tell you. Um, I know in our little circle in, in Jacksonville, if you want something sewn, it's either me or. Um, you see Lady Angela because we do a lot of sewing we do a lot of um, crocheting we do a lot of the the old stuff kind of thing we can tell you where you can get that stuff pretty inexpensively but a lot of times that I've had it happen when I was living in Baltimore people would call me up and say well I I no longer want to be on this path okay cool but I have all of this stuff bring it by I had an Egyptian witch who decided she no longer wanted to be Egyptian. She wanted to be Celtic. So she brought me a box of Egyptian stuff. And I was like, "Ooh, cool, I think. So I made my phone calls. I called Isis in Baltimore, who does obviously Egyptian. And I gifted it to her and said, you know, make sure this finds a nice home. And she did. She spread it among her group. And so a lot of times you can come across stuff like that which is if they have something and you absolutely adore it and you ask them where they got it, they'll probably tell you and they might even make it for you. Yeah. You know, they'll gift it to you. Um, These little things are actually on sale at kiosks and do not laugh. I worked at the kiosk and it's, it's, they have a little girl that's a wizard and they have a little boy that's a wizard and we write the names on my job. This time of year is to write names. Right there. Sorry, I'm the one who writes your little child's name in there and spells it wrong. No, spells it right. But you can pick up little stuff like that. Keep your eyes open. Look around. Um, stay out. I love the new age stores, don't get me wrong. I really do, and I appreciate all the help they are. They hold classes, they are they're out there on the front lines fighting everybody to just survive. So if you're going to buy something and you really have your heart set then go there and buy it but you really don't need to spend a small fortune you can do a whole altar with you know like 15 bucks or less because everything that's there i mean they tell you to make your own wand if you're going to make a wand i have rihanna made most of mine i i have to admit well she did you know um that's because She made them. She made perfect ones and she absolutely made one that um, had a lot of pink in it. And I still have. And I have my Tiger Eye one. And I have the one that I Corellian auction. Did we say that out loud? Corellian auction.
1: Twice Um, Twice a year, spring and fall, we have auctions.
0: I am only going to tell you the stuff I've gotten from the auction will blow your
1: mind. See, I have a bad habit. If I win something at the auction, I usually gift it to people.
0: I've kept a few of mine because they were, I wanted so bad. Uh, Who put up the glass?
1: You know, some people have bidding wars and, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I did. I did over the wand because that was a Rihanna wand. Okay. I fought for that wand to the very end. I thought Mike was going to have a heart attack um that was when he was doing the auction and he was just well, like he's still,
1: he's still doing the auction
0: yeah but I mean he was the one you know with all he's the just, and he was yeah. like oh my gosh are you going to stop I'm like no this is my final bid." and I said if anybody goes over this you call me right away because <laughs> I wanted that and I got it uh if you fight hard enough you get it because it was made by her okay there are certain people in the tradition that you know there are certain things you want from them so i think that was that gives me four for one so i have one for each quarter uh, i know i'm being piggish but you know but there's the the auctions are a great place oh my gosh just imagine all the energy lady stephanie put stuff up imagine how much energy is in that and you've just bid on it and you're walking home with it yeah. if you want stuff that is special that is made by somebody like these kinds of things here. This was made by um, I'm going to give out the name. It's Corey. She makes these and she sells these and she puts her heart and soul into them when she makes them so it doesn't just come out pretty. It comes out with a lot of energy. There's a lot of witches who make things who work at new age stores who are more than willing to sell to you. You just have to find out in your community who works there. I know up in New York, Aisha. Um, she actually, the little tiny broom that we use for a virtual circles, she made for me. I asked her. I said, "I need something for small for my altar because I have the big one, but that's a little hard to do, you know, over a small altar." And I asked her for a small one, and she said, "Which one do you like?" She showed me a picture of a couple of them that she had already made, and I picked one. So she's corellian she made it for me it is used every week you see it on well every time we do a ritual it's on the altar and we use it so find out who works in the new age stores find out if you're in corellian find out who works where because you'd be surprised what you can put your hands on Um, Crystals. oh did you get them
1: no yeah i got them thank you i appreciate it but i mean i was more referring to uh miranda she Miranda,
0: was. Queen of Crystals. hmm Um, she's Karelian, and she is that she works in a uh, Earth Gifts. I always want to call it Earthworks, but it's that's a landscaping company. And I've ended yeah. up on their front door more times than I've ended up at the front door at Earth Gifts because I forget when I type it in. But no, she actually um, most of my jewelry, if you see it in um, that's crystals, she's made for me. She wire wraps and that's her thing and she knows more about crystals than anybody I know. Um, she's a great resource. Uh, I've asked her a couple of times, like, what is this? What do I do with this? This is a lot. Um, in fact, I went um, mining with her um, in Arkansas, and she was the one who showed me some of the stuff that I got, what it was and how to clean it and how to take care of it and things like that. I mean, you're, this is a path where you learn something every day. If you don't, then give it up.
1: Course, um, if, if, if you don't learn something new, I mean, I learn something new every day. I mean, not just this be. path, but yeah. yeah it's.
0: And uh, there's like, well, let's yeah, see. When I'm
1: teaching, I learn more from my students than the students learn from me. I mean.
0: I've always said that. My students always amaze me. Um, Aisha is up in New York, correct? Or Massachusetts? North. She um, works for Kay Jordan. She does some awesome work. Um, Miranda works for Earth Gifts in Jacksonville. Um, she does wire wrapping and anything you want to know about a stone. I literally, like, I have this. What is it? And she's like telling me all about it. And I'm like, cool. What do I do with it? You know, <laughs> so because
1: crystal- I got gifted this.
2: <laughs>
0: what is it? And I'll tell you, I don't know crystals. Look, every witch has their specialty. Some of us know a little bit. Like, I can kind of muddle through some of this. But a lot of this, I don't know. So i like, um, okay, I need to find my sources. She's my source. And it's not what you know. It's who you know. So if you have a question on that, I'm going to go, hey, Miranda, there's this thing. And it kind of looks like this. And when I get done, she's like, send me a picture. Because my description is like totally oh off the wall. So she'll say send me a picture of what you're talking about. And I send her a picture and she comes right back and tells me it's da 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 you do this, 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 and
1: My favorite is you need better lighting.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I need better lighting. Um, Yeah, but there's a lot of cool stuff and there's stuff that you can make. I mean, it's going to, and that's another thing about the thrift stores, you can go to the thrift stores, you see two or three things together, and you go, wow, if I did this with this and this with, oh, I've got a whole thing. And you know, you walk out of there for $5 and you've got a $40 piece when you get home. Yeah. So keep that in don't mind. Don't be afraid
1: to put your own personal touches on things. I mean, nail Never polish, you know, uh, acid etching. Um...
0: Well, we do a lot like Reiki boxes. You don't hear about those anymore as long as I break it. Um, you don't see those around as much anymore. But we used to do Reiki boxes a lot. Mm-hmm. Reiki boxes were a thing with us for a long time. You know, um, Joanne's. You wait till it goes on sale for half yeah. price or less and then um what goes in here then you buy
1: them all out <laughs> yeah
0: basically um this actually has a little stone that says gratitude um this is my kitten who passed i keep and then i keep money in here for the orishas uh, a penny a diamond nickel and a quarter and then anybody's name. I also have names in here. Your name's in here. You asked me about your back. Your name went in here. And and this is kind of a cool thing you keep on your altar. And I mean, it was like, um, what, two bucks? It's like 10 years old and it's dirty. It's all get out.
1: But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm currently making a prayer box uh, for obvious reasons. Thing. I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, this was like nothing. And, and the reason all this is on it, this is all wax because I burn candles on it because I do. Um,
1: You you and candles.
0: Me and candles. I know, I burn candles all day.
1: You're having a love love affair and um, (laughs) they tend to hate you.
0: (laughs) I'm a daughter of a firefighter. Isn't that funny? My dad, uh, he worked in the coal mine, but he was also a Baltimore City firefighter. So if anybody can put out a fire, I'm hoping it's me because I've caught enough crap on fire. But there are great ways that you can be this witchy witchy person and do it on a budget and on a shoestring i truly don't believe in spending any more than i need to um especially when you got a family you're busy spending money you know just trying to make ends meet um there's no reason you should go in debt for your craft uh we look at other faiths where they tithe and and do things of that nature if you feel the urge to do that then find yourself a temple assign yourself to it you can tithe to them that's fine um, part of what i do when i go and i get invited to a lot of different things i'm very fortunate um, i will always bring a, a gift for the hostess and usually whoever the hostess is it's usually angela and. Poor lady, Angela has all kinds of crap that I brought over to her. house. (laughs) She's probably going, I'm never inviting her again. I don't want any more of her crap, but you do take a gift for the hostess. Usually I try to make it a candle or something. I know that's going to get used candles, which is used for everything. So
1: it is coming to time.
0: It has come to time. So off for another week. I'm hoping that next week I can actually get Miranda, uh, my Linda back. If not i might end up with miranda um but i definitely do hope that she's back there um let's see the word today and i've got to remember because my brain has totally fried um the word today miranda told me what was it what was it oh my gosh because we were talking about books she said make the word today a book name so we're just going to call it Pagan. Pagans and the law, Pagans and how to do things and raising your kids pagan. There's lots of books out there. And again, there's another place to check for books. A lot of places are having, uh, online books where you can actually download the book for no cost. Raven Grimasi has about six or seven books that you could actually download for free from his website. So that's another place you can get some free books. Um, again, Thank you all for showing up. We'll be on again next week. Same back time, same back channel. Um, Hopefully you can all join us then. Hopefully, if my Linda's not back, I might have Jason on again and abuse him another time. Where Jason's going, oh my God, not another weekend with this woman. Um, He's used to it. I've abused him for all these years now, so I think you're kind of used to it. Um, So join us again next week. Um, And again, always keep the witchy thoughts in mind any questions uh, questions that you want to ask or problems don't forget about our facebook page drop on there it's tea time time is spelled t-h-y-m-e like the herb drop in there shoot us a line we'll get back to you as soon as we can um we do have believe it or not we're going to have a special session where we're being interviewed by another group and the other group's going to interview with us so it's going to be a lot of fun we're not sure how that's going to work but we're going to see next week how that works out for us and we're going to go on from there so we hope to see you back again remember keep those witchy thoughts going and we'll see you again next week